Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by some of the fantastic cast from Netflix's Raising Dion. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Alicia Wainwright, Rome Flynn, and Jason Ritter. And Alicia, I wanted to start with a, char- with a question for you about your character, Nicole, because one of the things that I love in watching her is the way that she always finds her own way to continue moving things forward for herself. You know, every roadblock that she's up against, you know, she always finds the way to kind of move past it. You know, even if we look at her relationship with Pat and where that ended in the second season, in this season, she's not necessarily in a space of forgiveness, but she's still open to the idea that, you know, Pat might have something of value to contribute and doesn't shut that down. And I was interested in in how you get to play into all these interpersonal relationships with your character and always find those beats of, of kind of where she's looking for that optimism and, and the space that she can create for herself in that way. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, I definitely think her relationship with Pat has always had this baseline of he has something that she needs and he's always creating a space to make himself useful. (laughs) And I think, you know, that's part of like her forgiveness is in really believing fundamentally that he cares about her son. And I think, um, you know, what I love so much about the uh, space that she's created around Dion is that everyone is very loving and supportive and nurturing of him. And I think that that's an example of the kind of, you know, um, it takes a village to raise a kid. And I think this season is a lot about rather than keeping uh, Dion just for herself and trying to protect him on her own, she's learning that everyone in her, that she keeps in her life are there for a reason and they're there to help her and support her. So I would say like, you know, she keeps those beats going by um, being able to rely on other people and trust other people that they have Dion's best interests and her own interests at heart. And and obviously part of that village in this season is your character, Rome, in coming in as, as a real mentorship figure to Dion. Um, but I love the fact that he doesn't come in with his own experience, with his own powers, and try to tell Dion, well, this, this was the way it was for me, and so this is how you should be doing things, this is how you should be thinking about things. And the fact that he really kind of stands back and creates that space for Dion to figure a lot yeah. of things out himself. Um, and I was interested in how you, how you worked with the scripts, but also the relationship that you and Josiah developed um, in terms of the character dynamic to really create that space and freedom that he's giving Dion? Well, I mean, listen, uh, a lot of it is in the writing. Um, and they left a lot of room for me to interpret and try to figure out what this relationship would look like, you know, with Dion. And um, it's an interesting one because, you know, his dad not being there and then him not really having that, I guess, male figure or someone that he would look to to, to ask about certain things. Uh, so I wanted to just approach it as if, you know, without, without any kind of preconceived ideas of, of looking at him as just a kid, uh, because he's obviously gone through things kids normally don't go through. And so I think that he approached him with the understanding that him having powers and understanding that just going through life as a kid is already hard, but he has powers too. <clears throat> so they kind of connected just in that sense also. And I think that his role was really just about trying to give this space to Dion to to, to allow himself to be open to even talking about the stuff, you know? And I, and I, I think later in the season, he's kind of priding a little bit about asking him about what happens. I mean, as you see, like Jan comes to him first about peer pressure and that kind of thing. And um, he just wanted to be somebody for him that he could lean on, you know? And I think as an actor, I didn't want to overplay that. You know, I didn't want to try to be a mentorship role, like you should do this or, you know, be stern about anything. I just wanted to be like, Hey man, we, we, we both here. We, 
you know, we respect each other. He looks up to him, but I think he looks at Dion also and and is very proud of him and sees how, how strong he is as, as a kid, but dealing with everything with his mom and, you know, these kinds of things. So it wasn't as hard, you know, Josiah is a, he's fun to be around on set. Uh, you know, he's still very much a kid, man. And that, that was the interesting thing. I haven't really worked with, with kids that often, like very rarely. And so I didn't know what the experience was going to be like, but, you know, once we start shooting, it's like, we on. But when we off, he's bouncing off the walls, you know, and it's really, it, it, it keeps the set very youthful, you know what I mean? Because sometimes this work can be a, a bit, you know, down and you're like really focused, you know, but uh, I, I really had a blast getting to know him. And, you know, we hung out outside of work, you know, so I got to know him and know his family. And just so when we were on screen that we could have that chemistry and, and connect with each other and that it would translate for people to see. That's really wonderful. And and Jason, with your character, so much has happened to him since the end of last season. And, and I was interested in, in how you worked to fill in a lot of the emotional landscape of him as a character coming into this season, because he's still trying to reconcile with everything from his past. You know, the fact that he had the crooked energy and the crooked energy kind of didn't turn him into a completely different person, but but emphasized some of the smaller aspects of him, you know, so he's trying to deal with with the negative aspects of himself. He's trying to lead himself into a more positive space. But also at the center of that, he had this family with Nicole and with Dion, and that's been stripped away from him to the point of he's in this real isolated space and literally to the point where he ends up at Bayona and he's being kept in a room by himself. And so I was interested in, in how you found the emotional landscape of him as a character this season with all of that being stripped away from him where he doesn't have a support system and everything that he's trying to reconcile and, and work through within himself? These are all such great questions. It's so exciting. Uh, um, you, so you, have you seen it? or you, have... The whole season. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, These are good guesses. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, you know, it was really interesting. It was a wildly different experience from the first season because the first season I was in it with everybody. I was, I was Dion's pal. I was... Nicole's whatever, Johnny on the fly. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Um, and, uh, um, and it was very different to be in a, in just like a, a cage, you know, away from everybody. And, and also I think <clears throat> what Pat hadn't really been dealing with the entire first season, he'd just been sort of ignoring that this thing was going on and just kind of going into it. And it, it sort of felt like, um, the whole journey has been sort of like a feeling of like a, 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 there's a bit of an, an addiction type of energy to it all with, with this power. And initially he's like, oh, I got it under control. I just got to do like a couple little things. And then, and then it all really like spun out at the end. And to me, it really felt like someone who is trying to clean himself up. And there's like a, before you get to, the, the final steps or, or a further step, the, the initial sort of comforting thing is like, hey, everybody, that was that guy. I'm different. I, that you know, like, I'm sorry about that, but now I've changed. And it was interesting to sort of see, uh, to, keep, to keep it in the, like, the Pat world. I think he hopes that he apologizes once and then we can all just like get back to, to normal. You know, like I... I think that that his his impatience with where people are with him, he's like, well, I know that I, you know, like that I'm sorry. So why why isn't everybody just like jumping back on board and understanding that like maybe I'm also a bit of a victim <laughs> here, you know? Um, so it was, it was it was fun because the Pat in all of his um, 
issues were still in there. It's just now he's been, he can't sort of pretend that he's just like uh, the nice guy, the good guy who's like there. And, you know, he, he really has to have some accountability, which he's comfortable with up to a, a pretty shallow point. And it's, it was fun to sort of watch him try to navigate this new world where, you know, not everybody likes Pat. <laughs> right. Like you, you said, he thinks that he can apologize once and that he can control where that path of redemption and forgiveness is. Um, and so off the back of that, Jason and Alicia, I wanted to talk about the space that the two of you found in playing that first scene where they kind of reconnect and see each other for the first time. Um, and you know, these two people who have such familiarity and have such a past and a history with one another of connection, but now are in this like really disparate space with one another. And each of them wants something completely different from that interaction and that that dynamic, you know, he's trying to to come fully fledged into it. And she's really just trying to push it away and, and walk away. Um, and so I was interested in how the two of you shaped that that scene and then where you built to from there in each time that they kind of see each other and, and the walls start to come down with one another a little bit more again. Um, well, for me, uh, you know, luckily, um, the director that was shooting the scenes that we were, um, where we meet again, uh, um, Dennis Liu, he did, um, he directed, uh, episodes of season one and he sort of created the whole concept. And so it's like, almost like family, um, directing that episode. So it was really fun to be able to like see Jason and work with Jason and then again, work with Dennis kind of all together. And we're just trapped in this tiny room, you know? And I think it's something like for, well, there, there was the initial scene um, where we meet and I'm very upset and also very happy that he's in this little box. But then one of my favorite scenes to shoot between the two of us was this like four page sort of like going back and forth, trying to figure out, you know, the solution to the problem um, and you're kind of, it's like a lot of tentative back and forth. I feel like Pat is putting a little bit of a feeler out a little bit, like, you know, what he maybe perceives as an olive branch. And she's just kind of like picking and choosing, you know, based on her perspective, what she wants to hear and what she doesn't want to hear. And I think it keeps him on his toes. And it also like gives her a little bit of the power. I think, you know, when someone has wronged you in such a way, it's like, she's a little bit resentful. I mean, she's very resentful. He, he did such terrible things and put her life and her child's life at risk, you know, killed her husband. And then now I'm here and, and you hold the key to potential, like, you know, happy life moving forward. And it's just frustrating. And so I think like underlying all of that, you kind of see their scenes play out, but it was super weird to shoot this season and really not work with Jason that much at all, just because, because it was so bad what happened at the end of season one, you know, it's story-wise, it doesn't make sense that they would ever be able to get back to where they were. Yeah. Well, that, that was, that was one of the interesting things that I thought too, is, you know, this dynamic that happens when you've done something very bad, um, like, kill a whole bunch of people and try to kill someone's child. Um, <clears throat> no, but when you've done something very bad, it's the, the easiest route is to just kind of run away and just start over. And that's, that is actually what Pat tries to do at first. Um, but then he just does decide to come back and the road back to winning someone's trust again, when you've broken it is a long and hard and lonely 
road. Uh, and, and I think one of the interesting things about it is like, in order to even start any kind of conversation, the rules have to be in place. Like you're not coming out of that box. <laughs> so like, if you can accept the boundaries of this rule, I will listen to your words. But, you know, he's starting out on such a small level and all he can do is say, is try to, with his actions and his words say, I'm, I'm trying to help this time around. I'm, you know, uh, uh, sorry about all that. But it was, it, was a, it was a real interesting dance because of the egregiousness of his previous act and the huge betrayal of trust it's really hard to, um, you know, it was hard for both of us to, to navigate it. But it, it was nice because I think just having the history that Alicia and I have of having worked on a whole season together, it's like there is a core of friendship there that, you know, is hard for Pat to see at the moment. But I think, you know, they both sort of feel like this is a person that I cared for at one point, you know. Um, so it was, it was really fun to talk about and navigate all that stuff. Yeah. And Rome, jumping back to your character, you know, we we learn a few episodes in a, a little bit more about his past and, and he ends up opening up a lot um, to Nicole about having struggled with anxiety, but not having had a word to kind of even fully understand it when he was growing up. And then you have the mm. fact that his power is is a physical manifestation of, of the walls that he's built up around himself. Um, but you also really get the sense that he's a character who you know, has has done a lot of work on himself and really worked to find the tools to move forward in in a lot of that for himself. Um, and so I was really interested in in how you took those aspects into into this character and how for you, he's someone who, you know, faces a lot of adversity, but but always kind of looks for the solution within himself first. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, it, it, this character is a very, seemingly a very polished individual, you know, um, and so for me, like as an actor, I'm trying to figure out where I can put the cracks in because everybody has them, you know. And I think early on, you just see you see Tevin and you're like, this guy was super perfect. Like he works with the kids well, you know. And and so when we start figuring out that he has these anxiety issues and he talks about being um, married previously and you think, wow, you're going through all that. We can't really tell. And I think that that allowed him to, um, as he said, you know, training and running these things saved him basically and so he's using these opportunities to 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 be vessels to you know be olive branch, branches to the kids he's working with uh, you know like dion <clears throat> he's gone through this similar stuff and then the and then the aspect of you know my character and alicia's um and trying to approach it in in the in the truest way possible you know i think it's i don't think he's ever really thought about maybe being with someone else until he ran into her at the milk thing, you know? And he's trying to figure out how to approach this thing because he's gone through such a, you know, tumultuous uh, situation before. Uh, and I think we just now are kind of discovering like how those things in his past have affected him, you know, emotionally, you know, mentally, uh, and, he, and he hides it pretty well until he's by himself. And, and then you see these things kind of unfold when he's in the forest. And, um, you know, so it's, it's been a fun character to really try to wrap my mind around. I tried to uh, lean into the inconsistencies of, of the things that, that don't really, are, that really aren't on script. You know what I mean? Like that people feel daily that, that we don't talk about, you know? Um, and so trying to find those moments and even talking to 
to, to Dion about his situation, I think kind of earns those moments when we find out early on that he's gone through these certain things. And then he's talking to Dion and you're like, okay, he's not just a guy that has it all figured out. Like, you know, he, he went through things that, that guided him to be where he is. Um, you know, unfortunately, <clears throat> we didn't get to really see, you know, Tevin and Alicia really grow into something because there was obviously other things going on and, and monsters and zombies and stuff like that. Um, but when we had those moments, I thought it was really cool. You know, it, it was it felt like a very organic place. I, I mean, I mean, you watch it, you want you want to see these two people figure it out. But like it was cute to see it. and You didn't feel like it was forced or anything. And, you know, you know, kudos to Alicia because she she really was great in those scenes with me. Made me made me feel good, good about everything that I was doing and was very inviting. You know, Jay, you know what I'm talking about, right, Jason? You know I mean? uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, when you're a new kid on when new kid at school, man, you know, sometimes first day of school is crazy, you know. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> you, our you our know. first day, uh, Rome and I working together was that uh espresso machine scene. Oh, wow. Um and like it was this crazy, I forget why. It was chaotic, but he yeah, came was. in and it was it was chaos, basically, is the only way I can describe it. Like, it felt like there was a lot happening and he was just trying to figure it out. And as soon as I had a second, I was like, hi, yeah. <laughs> it's nice yeah. to meet you. <laughs> We're going to do this. It's going to be great. I'm pretty sure. And like, I, I don't know. It's like, I think I've noticed about the show. Nicole's romantic journeys are obviously, you know, kind of trickled throughout this season, but that's not primarily what the show's about. I mm. think, you know, as much as we kind of bring it back to Dion is where is where um, the show really shines. And but it is nice that, you know, season one, it was more about Nicole kind of like finding herself and finding the possibility of like loving herself again, loving things that she used to enjoy and, and she can make peace now that her husband's gone. And you know, even though the romance between Tevin and Nicole, you know, wasn't the primary focus, it was still nice to know that like there was a comfortability between these two people that they're prioritizing Dion, but they're still like, they still feel safe enough to have like chemistry mm. and flirtations and yeah. like tease each other and these things, which, you know, Nicole has a lot of walls up, I think, um, which are fair. And, mm -hmm. and he just, you know, it's kind of funny. He has these physical walls that, that manifest from the experiences um, of his life. And then she has these emotional walls together and it's both like, it's, they're, they're opaque enough that they can see each other, but it takes a while for, for it to slowly kind of come down. Um, and then by yeah. the end of it, they really, you could tell that they, they really trust each other. Right. Yeah. And, and Jason, a, a question for you, because in the first season, obviously with the reveal of, of Pat being the crooked man at the end of the season, there were so many kind of small breadcrumbs that you had to weave into your performance that once the audience found out that reveal completely made sense as this culmination of like, oh, well, that's the reason for this, that's the reason for that, but without giving it away. And so you really had to tread a very fine line of, of giving clues and, and playing to it in your performance and yet holding back certain things and without giving anything away for this season, you kind of similarly have to play to some things that are coming towards the end of season two as well. And so what did you learn from the experience of, of kind of finding that balance and finding that line in the first season? Um, oh, that's another good question. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really 
um, fascinating. Again, a lot of it was in the writing. You know, I uh, all the little times that Pat's like, we can lie to your mom. It's not that big of a deal. Like these little sort of moral gray areas that he seems very comfortable in. Like if they don't find out, it's it's fine. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think they, I think Dennis and Carol and all the writers have a really it's like it's it's they have a real sense of all these characters and pat just has like a major character flaw which he just will always have even if he's trying to be good even if he's trying to do this there's a little entitled part of him there's a little part of him that doesn't see i mean he is working at biona or he was working at biona because mark got him that job and he's still like, this isn't enough. He wants, he just wants everything. He just wants everything. And he doesn't see what he has. And he um, feels like he's being screwed out of, you know, his dream life. Um, and it's everybody's fault, but his. And there's just these, there's elements of that, even when he is learning a little bit, and even when he's on his, you know, he's got his tail between his legs, there's still a little bit of that, like, well, can this all go faster? Can this whole process go a little bit faster and like me get back to getting everything that I possibly want? Um, and so it, it's it's fun to have that, you know, there's this sort of, it was fun in the, in the season that even though Pat is doing everything he can to win people's trust, it's still Pat. And I like that, that they were playing with in the writing, like, well, wait, maybe do is Pat okay now or is he not like what what's going on here and all of the characters have uh, their different levels of sort of dipping their toes back into the like you know how is Pat okay world you know how, like can we can we trust him was it just this crooked energy you know um and so it's, it was it was really fun to sort of lay all this in here of, of Pat coming back and trying to win people's trust but still being Pat being imperfect messing up sometimes getting frustrated sometimes uh not just being pure like i'm an angel now um it it, it creates a dynamic that where you're a little bit unsteady about how you feel about them the whole season and i like that yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say like people also like realize it's been two years you know like but it, two years is a long time to give someone like a check mark of like that's a that's a lot of time to potentially change yeah. You know, so it's not unreasonable. It's not like he came back a month later and was like, I'm right. fine, guys. I did like a crash course in therapy. Everything's really good. Like, yeah. no, he like, you know, two years is a, is a healthy amount of time to to have some reflection. And Absolutely. I think that lends to like, you know, people having a little bit more faith in him. Yeah, agree. And and lastly, I just wanted to quickly ask all three of you about the way in the, which the scripts really allow you to take these characters that are placed into exceptional circumstances and find that kind of granular human emo emotion and connection within them, you know, whether it's a character dealing with anxiety, but being manifested through powers or, you know, how you're trying to protect your son. And even though it's against the most extraordinary circumstances, it's still just a parent looking out for their kid or having your inner demons reflected in a power that you've inhabited. And was interested in in how the scripts always allow you to just find that that granular emotion and connection so that's what i love about genre you know i've i've been in genre productions um uh for a while now and i think what makes them so great is that they are reflections of real life things that people experience but just you heighten the stakes the world is ending people are potentially dying, people have powers, like that's what I love about genre and this sort of like true land of make-believe, but you can't have that sort of fanciful 
magical world if you don't root it in a bit of, of emotional reality. So, you know, you can take any sci-fi, any fantasy, any anything, and when you boil it down, it's about family. It's about friendships. It's about connection. It's about feeling seen. And I think, you know, you can you can use that. As, and I think that's what makes uh, Carol, uh, our showrunner, so good at what she does is that everything is rooted in the reality of these people, the reality of their characters. And then I think Tevin's character is a perfect example that his powers have manifested in such a specific way to relate to what he went through. And the same with um, Aubriana's character. She feels like she's mm. destroying everything. But when you're a teenage girl, you kind of feel like everything's so dramatic and intense. And so it would make sense mm. that her powers are so dramatic and so intense. And, you know, Dion's a little kid. So his are ch constantly changing all the time because that's what kids do. And you can kind of look at all the powers and, and, and kind of blow them up to, or boil them down to their, their basic um, character traits of, of each person. So that's, that's what I love about genre. And I think when it's done really well, you can see the grounded rooting and everything. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get a better answer than that. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, <laughs> that was amazing, great job. Um, <clears throat> I mean, like, like she said, you know, I think, uh, acting for me or artistry is like an imitation of life and so you want to find those things in the work you do and this show is a, a real representation of that because although there are very extreme things going on like she says if you boil it down you know it's still about the relationships it's still about the things that we all can connect to even if we don't have powers you know it's a universal thing that I think this show has been implemented uh and even in the first season that made you want to watch it because if you didn't have those aspects you know I don't know how interesting it would be to just be like, oh, well, yeah, these kids have powers and it's so much about the powers and about these other things. You don't really get to connect with these characters and have any emotional attachment to them to really care. You know, why, why would anyone care if anything happened to, you know, Jason or, or, or not Jason in real life? We love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? But you get what I mean. And so I think that's the probably the most important component to, to making a show like this is to make sure that we it's deep rooted in like, you know, real, real issues. And, and even in the first season, they tackled like, you know, the racial inequity and things like that. Like they, they made sure that we keep that present because even in that world, shit still, things like that still happen. And so we want to remind, you want to remind the viewers like, yeah, this is really crazy. And like people have powers, but like, you know, it's, it's still a version of reality that you can connect to. So I think it's, it's really cool to be able to play that kind of character and it's, it's make-believe but like you know to have a character that's still grounded and deep-rooted in some values and things that have happened to them are always characters you want to play whether they have powers or not yeah I and I, I'll just piggyback on those two answers because they're great you know I think like like Roma saying before about everybody has these cracks for me being Pat um evil is not really like a thing that you can play or or access but <clears throat> I know what feeling selfish is like. I know what feeling like you're not getting what you dreamed of or, you know, what you think you deserve or these sort of smaller, um, more self-involved emotions. Like I've, I've experienced all of those things, maybe not to the same degree as, as Pat has, but, um, but I definitely like Pat have, and I think a lot of people can relate to like, here's the person you present to the world and here's all the things you're kind of hiding away from people because they, you think that those things will make them reject you. Um, and 
sometimes by suppressing all of that stuff, you just make it worse and it explodes. And, and that's been the, that's been the joy of this whole show anyway. Like I, I was saying in one of the earlier answers is I, you know, I know what it's like to try to rebuild trust with somebody uh, or to have really hurt somebody and, and try to come back. I don't know what it's like to have killed a bunch of people and try to talk to them, but the little grain of reality, um, you just sort of take a, your shrink ray and make it giant. Uh, that, that reminds me of a thing like an old acting coach told me. He said, if you kill a fly, if you can kill a fly, you can play Othello who in the Shakespearean play, he ends up murdering his, his uh, wife. <laughs> but basically it's like, if you can understand like the sensation of just like wanting something to go away and like that knee jerk thing, like extrapolate that in such a big way that you can then put it into playing a character that does bad things. So mm -hmm. it's like, every, no one's perfect. And like, I've killed plenty of flies in my life. And like, you have to find those points in your life that are a little bit like uncomfortable, especially, you know, for you, Jason, like your character gets, it gets pretty dark sometimes, you know, like how his, how his mind works and, and you have to be able to like feel comfortable enough to go to those points and where you probably weren't the best version of yourself, you know? Yeah, I yeah. really love mm -hmm. that point. And I think that everything that you were all just touching upon is, is why the show connects so much. So congratulations on a great second season and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank so you. Much.